So we step out and serve, not, not as a goal to be a leader, but to serve. And you know what? That has a big influence and it has a big encouragement. You know, you again, you may not be able to lead from a platform, but you can do some other things. You can listen. You can listen when somebody's having trouble. You can pray with people. You can pray for people. You can call people to pray for you. You, you, you don't have to tell anybody you're doing it. But people look at the actions of Christians and they measure Christianity by what we do. So if we're a people who are self-centered and only looking at ourselves and only thinking about ourselves, what do you think people are going to think about Christianity? What do you think people are going to think about us? But if we listen, if we pray, you know, you can also build relationships with people. Yeah, maybe that's a little uncomfortable for you. Maybe that's a little challenging for you. When was the last time you made a new friend? When was the last time you said hi to somebody in the store, had a conversation? Maybe small talk, but that's the way it starts sometimes. And you can influence people. You can influence the people in your life. That's what you can do. Leadership is not always about leadership from a platform. Leadership is not always leadership from, 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 a, from a podium or from speaking out. Leadership is about stepping out and serving, serving first. Worry about that other stuff later. It doesn't take a charismatic person to lead, just someone who's willing to step out. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Tulare Church Podcast. We'd like to take a moment to thank you for engaging in our content as we seek to help others grow in their relationship with Jesus. We hope and pray these sermons and talks will inspire you to take your next step in your faith journey. Thanks for listening, and have a great rest of your week. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Good to see everybody this morning. Looks like there's a few more of you back this week. I know we kind of had a rough rough couple of weeks. Um, So if you weren't here last week, we started a brand new series called Purpose. Why we're here and what we do. And the, the goal really of this series is to help you rediscover, help us rediscover and reignite our purpose as Jesus followers. That's why we're sitting here studying the book of Philippians, looking at examples of Jesus and trying to understand what it is, what is it, what is it, our purpose as Jesus followers and why, why, why do we follow? What do we do? Why are we in this building? And I think that that's an important part of our faith. And and the passage we just read is the one we're going to kind of dig into and focus on this morning. But before we jump into that, I kind of want to jump into some of the things that we talked about last week. One of the problems that we identified at the beginning of this series was that sometimes we forget why we're really here, right? We forget why we walk into the building doors. We forget why we have Christian fellowship. We forget why, why we read our Bible and why we pray. It's easy to. I mean, that's just real life. We get busy with things. We, we get busy with our work and our schooling and our family and all this other stuff. And we forget to do things and ultimately forget why we do things, why we come to church. And so that's, that's the problem, the overall problem that we're facing with, with, with this series. We're trying to, to dive into and understand what it is that we can do to solve this problem, the why. 
because that's a big deal. Now, we also looked at an example of Jesus in Mark chapter 10. I think this is really helpful because this is the, the basis for the whole series. This is the main idea, the, the main thought, uh, the the Moving forward, this is what I want us to pay attention to. It's why I started with this example to begin with. And it's a conversation between Jesus and his disciples. Two of his disciples come to Jesus and they say, Jesus, we want you to do for us whatever we ask you to do. And being Jesus, he doesn't say no. He responds with a question like Jesus does because that's how Jesus is. He says, what do you want me to do for you? And they ask him, in your glory, can we sit at your right and your left? Now, we know we said this before, but they're looking for position of influence. They think Jesus is going to be this mighty king and that he's going to overthrow the Romans and bring the Jewish people back into economic power. And so their vision of the Messiah is actually skewed by their own culture. But Jesus shows us over and over and over again that his mission and his purpose is to do one thing. Give his life so that humanity can be in relationship with God. That's his one point. That's his, that's his whole thing. And then what he asks us to do in return is quite simple. So we get to this part of the discussion where, where he turns to, to, to these disciples that are here. And he said, calling them to himself, Jesus said, you know that those who are recognized, he gives this example of, of, of modern day leaders, Gentile leaders, Roman leaders. He says, those who are recognized as rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their great men exercise authority over them. In other words, what Jesus is pointing out is they misuse their leadership. They misuse their, their power and their influence. He says, look, this is not what my kingdom's about. But then he tells them, he drops this bomb. He says, but it is not this way among you. Could you imagine being one of the disciples thinking, you know, when Jesus gets up there, <laughs> I'm gonna be recognized. I'm gonna be, be a powerful guy. And then Jesus goes, no, you're not. <laughs> he says, it's not this way among you. This is not what we're after. This is not what we came here to do. This is not why I called you to follow me. Why I called you to follow me is so that you can serve. Our purpose as Jesus followers is to serve. And I know it sounds like a big word and we think one thing when we think serve. We think do other things. We think do manual labor for other people. But that's not all that service is. It's like a Rubik's cube. I mean, there's so many sides of this thing and so many squares inside the square that you're, you have so many angles and so many things you can do to serve. Jesus' point, when he comes to this, he says, but whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. Again, another shocking statement that we see from Jesus. He's like, look, you're here to serve. You're not here. You're not here to be powerful. You're not here to ride by my side. When I take the kingdom and glory, when I restore the Jewish people, because it's not going to happen. You're here to do what I'm doing. You're here to serve. You spent three years with me because you're here to, you're going to learn to serve. You're going to learn to spread the gospel message to a group of people who don't know Jesus. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be slave of all. In other words, he's reversing the role. He says, if, if, if you want to be first, you've got to put yourself last. If you want to be first, you, you can't look at yourself as being first. You've got to be last. This is the premise for the whole, whole entire series. And then, and then he moves it to himself. He says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to what? Serve. Jesus' mission 
wasn't to sit on a throne and be a king and be served meals and all this stuff. Jesus, Jesus' his mission and his goal is what he says right here, to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. That's why we're sitting here. Because Jesus did something that no human being was willing to do, that no human being could or was capable of doing. So two things I want us to pay attention to in this statement that Jesus makes. The first is, the greatest leaders serve first. I mean, look, look at history. You look at history, the greatest leaders in, in society, in the world over the last 200, 300 years, they served. They didn't serve themselves, they served first. Maybe in some ways they served themselves. But they served first. The people that are most influential in your life, maybe, maybe that's your dad or your grandpa or your grandma or your best friend or whoever that is. The most influ influential person in your life is influential because they don't think of themselves first, they think of you. And the second thing we need to pay attention to is Jesus came to serve, not to be served. And I think that's an obvious point. That when we think of Jesus, right? And our, like we said last week, our goal is to be like Jesus. Our goal is to imitate Jesus our, to the best of our ability. We're not going to be perfect. We recognize the fact that we have to embrace our imperfections and do the best that we can to try to emulate Jesus. One thing that we can do that Jesus does is we can serve in whatever capacity we feel comfortable. But we the, the whole thing is we have to do it. We have to find some way to serve. We have to find some way to reach those lost, to reach those people who don't know Jesus, to reach those people who do know Jesus that are sitting right in this pew, but are just here to make an appearance. Those people, the people who were invited. Now, this morning, if you're a guest with us, if you're a first-time guest or a returning guest, if you're a follower, a follower of Jesus, or if you're not a follower of Jesus, you're off the hook today because this is specifically for Jesus followers. I want all Jesus followers, everybody who, who claims to follow Jesus, everybody who wants to follow Jesus, everybody who's serving Jesus in some capacity to pay attention to what we're going to talk about today, because this involves you. This lesson is, is designed to empower you, not, not and to encourage you, and to try to get you to think outside your own box. The things that we're paying attention to in this series are important, because they involve our everyday life. Now, the whole purpose, the whole purpose of this purpose um, is that we find purpose serving a cause greater than ourselves, Don't we? I mean, maybe not in everything. Maybe some people are just so narcissistic that they only find, you know, purpose in serving themselves. Maybe not. But most people, most people find purpose and meaning in life. Purpose empowers us. Purpose encourages us. We would find out what we're supposed to do in the direction we're supposed to go. And not a thing in the world that can stop us. The sky's the limit. But we have to serve a cause greater than ourselves. That's what we have to understand. So there's this example of Jesus in the book of Matthew. And I love the book of Matthew. I love Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I love to look at little blips and, and little things that Jesus said and things that Jesus did because they helped me in my own life to reflect maybe where I am in my, in my own walk with Christ. And so when, I, when I'm studying a text and when I'm looking at a book, I'm always thinking of Jesus. I'm always thinking, how, do we, how, how did the apostle 
write his book through the lens of Jesus. If we're looking at the lens of Jesus, what is it that Jesus taught? And how is this apostle, this writer, seeing through the lens of Jesus? So in the book of Matthew, we have the story of Jesus from beginning to end, and obviously a lot more detail um, uh, and a lot more designed for Jewish people than we have for Gentile people or that we have for Romans or that we have for Christians. And we're tell- and he's telling the story of Jesus from a Jewish perspective, mainly to prove that Jesus Christ, Jesus, the Christ, was the Son of God. That's his whole point. That if you missed this as a Jew, you missed it. You missed it completely. And so as we get to the, towards the end of the book, you know, something he'll do on a regular basis in this book is he'll call out the leadership of the Pharisees and he'll, and he'll spot something that's wrong with what they do. And he says, you know, to you Jewish people, you don't have to live like this. The standards that they've set for you are not the standards that God has for you. I want you to observe what they do, but don't do according to their deeds. So Matthew 23, he has this illustration of, of after he's been talking to some Pharisees, he, he gathers the crowd around him, and he says, The scribes and Pharisees have seated themselves in the chair of Moses. In other words, they've given themselves this authority, right? They have seated themselves in the authoritative position. These individuals are, are sitting here, and they command authority over you. Then he says, Therefore, all that they tell you, do and observe, but do not do according to their deeds, for they say things and do not do them. In other words, they're hypocrites. You don't want to do what they do. They, they tell you to do some things, do and observe them. That's fine. But don't do according to what they do. Because they're, re- they're abusing their power. Look at him. He says, they tie up heavy burdens, burdens and lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves are unwilling. That's the key right there. They're unwilling to move them with so much as a finger. So in other words, they'll, they'll tell people what to do. But they won't actually do it themselves. They won't actually take the time to, well, I need to do this. It's an abuse of power. And Jesus is calling out the flaws. And then he tells them what they should do. And I love this part. But, do all, but they do all their deeds to be noticed by men. For they broaden their phylacteries and lengthen the tassels of their garments. I love that part. I love saying it with, you know, a little bit of emphasis. Because phylacteries, who says that word anymore? Um, <laughs> nobody says that word anymore. But this, this, is, this is a good point and a good emphasis that Jesus is bringing up. They're putting on a show for people. There's one, there's one purpose in, my, in their mind. And that's to be seen by other people as these great religious leaders. Now, if you go back to chapter, Matthew chapter 5, verses 5 through, or chapters 5 through 7, you get a little more of this. And even in chapter 12 and in chapter 15, all across the book, he calls out some of the flaws of these Jewish leaders. And he reminds them that, and he contrasts these Jewish leaders with the leadership of Jesus. They love the place of honor at banquets and chief seats in the synagogues and respectful greetings in the marketplaces, and being called rabbi by men. But do not be called rabbi, for one is your teacher, and you are all brothers. Do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father, he who is in heaven. Do not be called leaders, for one is your leader, that is Christ. The point he's making here is that you don't have to be recognized to use your influence. You don't have to be recognized to be a leader. I think that's, that's such a misconception. He goes on. But the greatest among you, just like we talked about, shall be your servant. 
Whoever exalts himself shall be humbled, and whoever humbles himself shall be exalted. So, so here's, here's the one thing that you need to know um, about our message today. It's, if you walk away with nothing else, if you tune me out, if you go on Facebook, whatever you're doing, this is the one thing that you have to know that we're going to talk about, that we're going to emphasize, that we're going to focus on moving forward. Leadership is about influence, not power. Good leadership is not about exercising your authority. It's about leveraging your influence. It's, it's, about, it's about saying, you know what? Well, maybe I can't have an effect on what the world leaders are doing. Maybe I, I, I don't, have any, I don't have, any, have any power over whether or not we go to war. Or, what, or Maybe I don't have any power over any, anything else out, outside of here. But maybe, just maybe, I can influence those five people at work to follow Jesus. Just maybe. There's some family members that don't follow Jesus that I think should follow Jesus. And I'm going to tell them why. And I'm going to focus not on, not on this big circle of concern, but the circle of influence. And I think Jesus sets that example for us perfectly. Jesus sets the example by telling us that, you know what? It's not about recognition. It's about influence. He sets the example by, by, by showing us what humility looks like in leadership, not arrogance. He shows us what it looks like when we as followers of Jesus are trying to reach people who don't know him. And he did that. You see, Jesus was the perfect example of someone who focused on his circle of influence rather than his circle of concern. Because the circle of influence became be broadened out and reached a lot more people. He didn't stand up on stage and tell people, oh, look, I'm Jesus. No, he went around healing people. He went around serving people. He went around teaching people. That's, how, that's what he did. He wasn't trying to gain anything from it. Other than people who wanted to live with God forever. Leadership is not about influence. Or is, is about influence. It's not about power. It's not about exercising authority. It's about how can we use our influence to help people follow Jesus. And I think Paul's letter to the Philippians exemplifies this point. When you've got a group of, of people who, who, are, who are struggling with a problem, you know that from chapter 4, verses 2 and 3, when you go back, there's, a, there's some kind of disagreement between two women of the congregation, and, and there, there's some struggles, and there's some emphasis on self rather than selflessness. There's some emphasis on, on, on what I want to do, and there's division and, and some, something going on in the congregation that they don't know how to, that they're not fixing, or that's becoming a problem. And Paul writes this letter to help them correct that problem, but not just to help them correct that problem but to thank them for helping him in his circumstances, to try to remind them of what they did. And so the key verse in the book that we see in, in the book of Philippians is this. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. In other words, we're looking, we're driving, we're trying to live a life of selflessness. We're trying to put other people first. That's part of serving. We put other people first. That's part of influence. We put other people first. That's part of leadership. We put other people first. 
There's all these different avenues that when we put ourselves last, become avenues of influence, become, become direction, become purpose, become a way we see things and a way we frame them in our own life. And so Paul, as he writes this letter to the Philippians, he's got this idea in his mind that he wants them to live a life of selflessness. And he uses this little word in chapter 2 and verse 5. It's this little Greek word, phroneo, that, that means mind. And it's all over the book. When he, ta- when he, tra- when he goes to make a, a serious point on something, he'll use this word mind or attitude or, or concern. He's trying to get them to think with one mind. That's why he says, in fact, I think it's, it's above this, he, in chapter, in verse 1 and 2, where he says, he's one, being of the same mind. And he doesn't stop there. He goes to an example of Jesus. He says, have this mind in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. He's trying to get them to think about who they're serving. You know, when we start to think about who we're serving instead of, we start to think about Jesus in reference to what we're doing and how we're living our life, it changes the direction that we go. It changes the way that we think about things. It changes what, you know, maybe, maybe I am being a little selfish. Maybe I do have a bad attitude. Maybe my mindset's wrong about this thing or that thing. Maybe, maybe I've, I've forgotten, maybe I've been fo- so focused on myself that I forgot why I come to church, that I forgot why, why I come and, and hang out with other Christians and do Bible study and, and try to read my Bible and pray. And you know what? Sometimes I forget and sometimes I struggle and sometimes I have a hard time. But that's why I come here. Because this is where the people who follow Jesus gather. This is where the people who follow Jesus come to be encouraged and empowered and and enlightened and moved. This is where we come. So he says, have this mind in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus. And then he gives us what that mind is. We've talked about this text before. Who, although he existed in the form of God, pay attention to that word form, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. So he knew what it was like to be God and he did not see a point in grasping that deity. In other words, he saw something more important, that man had sin and there was no way we were going to be saved by the law. So there had to be something else. And, and even if you want to go all the way back to, to the fall of man, I think God had a plan for how he was going to bring humanity back into reconciliation. To how he was going to bring heaven and earth together once again. And it was through Jesus And he existed in the form of God, but he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, a thing to be held on to, a thing to cling to. He served us first. He loved us first. That's the only reason we even have a chance to get your mindset right. Here it goes. But he emptied himself. Pay attention to this. Taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. God... Think about it. Became man. Became us. Became imperfect. Took on human form. Even though he lived a perfect life. He had a willpower like we've never seen before. He had a spirit like we don't know. He had an understanding like we wish to understand. And he emptied himself. And took on the form of a a bondservant. Of a man. of Of a human being. 
in order that he could, he could save man. Being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Now there's a reason for this and Paul gives it to us. And this, it's said that this section of scripture, 5 through 11, is actually an old hymn that they sang. Whether or not uh, that's totally true, I have no idea. But Paul inserts it here to try to help the Philippians understand something about what they're doing. That if you're living selfishly and you see G if you're living selfishly and you see Jesus living selflessly, there should be a cross-examination. There should be a look in the mirror to say, how am I matching up? How am I really doing? What's, what's this really about? His form is to emphasize the deity of Jesus. But one of his points is that we have to live selflessly. He says, for this reason, God highly exalted him. He didn't exalt himself, God exalted him. And bestowed on him the name which is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. There's a reason and a purpose. There's, there's a, there, there was incredible thought behind this. Incredible power behind this. And they chose to come in the human form in order to reconcile man. And the name we look to and the being we look to is Jesus Christ himself. For leadership, for service, for purpose, for meaning in life, what am I supposed to do? How, how am I supposed to act? What am I supposed to, what, what does this Christian thing look like? You know, that was the biggest question I had when I became a Christian. Was I see the way that people are acting, but I'm not seeing how it, how it connects. Like, where do they get this mindset or this attitude? Why do they all think the same? And, and why, do they, why, do they all, why do they all think less of themselves? Why, why do they think more of other people? Why are they serving people? And I started to connect the dots when I started to read the gospel. When I started to learn about the character of Jesus and I started to see the reflection of Jesus and the people I was around, it inspired me and empowered me to live a life different than the rest of the world. And when you're dealing with problems and disagreements and hardships <laughs> and you're trying to lead in whatever form or capacity that is, Jesus is a great example to look at. Jesus is a great one to look at and say, well, what does that look like? How does a leader look? Now, Jesus, man, he is far above what I could ever accomplish. I know that. And I know, you know what? I could just try to be humble like Jesus. And I could... I could point people to Jesus. And that's what I'm going to try to do. So, I have one challenge for you this week. I know this is a short sermon, but I have one challenge for you. As you as you go through your week, you know, sometimes we have this thing called the comfort zone. Everybody have anybody have anybody not have a comfort zone? Raise your hand. Anybody have a big comfort zone? Oh, okay, all right. I see a few hands. Those of you who aren't raising your hands, you're liars. Okay, you need to repent. I'm just kidding. Everybody has a comfort zone, right? I'm comfortable in this space. And I anything outside of that, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. 
I'm not going to be involved in. So my my challenge to you for for this week and, and for the remainder of the month is this. Step out and serve. Go out of your way. And you know how hard that, it's hard. You're on a routine and you got things to do and you're going places and you're doing things and you're seeing people. It's hard to think outside of your own box. And maybe, maybe you aren't able to influence people from a platform. Maybe you, maybe, maybe that's not your realm, but you have people in your life. You have a circle of influence that you can influence. You have a circle that you can go, you know what? Well, maybe I'll just talk to that person and see what they think about Jesus. Maybe get the conversation started. And maybe that's a little uncomfortable for you. Maybe that's a little challenging for you. For some of us, it's not. For others, it's hard. Maybe, maybe your comfort zone is, you know, I, I really just like to sit at home and watch Netflix when I get off work. But there's other things that, that are going on that I probably need to be a part of. You know, maybe I need to, maybe I need to, check some different Bible studies out. Maybe I need to extend myself a little bit to try to try to get involved with what's going on here. And maybe, maybe when I come, that'll encourage somebody else. So we step out and serve, not, not as a goal to be a leader, but to serve. And you know what? That has a big influence and it has a big encouragement. You know, you, again, you may not be able to lead from a platform, but you can do some other things. You can listen. You can listen when somebody's having trouble. You can pray with people. You can pray for people. You can call people to pray for you. You, you. you don't have to tell anybody you're doing it. But people look at the actions of Christians and they measure Christianity by what we do. So if we're a people who are self-centered and only looking at ourselves and only thinking about ourselves, what do you think people are going to think about Christianity? What do you think people are going to think about us? But if we listen, if we pray, you know, You can also build relationships with people. Yeah, maybe that's a little uncomfortable for you. Maybe that's a little challenging for you. When was the last time you made a new friend? When was the last time you said hi to somebody in the store, had a conversation? Maybe small talk, but that's the way it starts sometimes. And you can influence people. You can influence the people in your life. That's what you can do. Leadership is not always about leadership from a platform. Leadership is not always leadership from, 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 a, from a podium or from speaking out. Leadership is about stepping out and serving, serving first. Worry about that other stuff later. It doesn't take a charismatic person to lead, just someone who's willing to step out. That's it. Just someone who's willing to step out. You know, sometimes, you know, I'll I'll think to myself, you know, why doesn't the church do this? And I'm sure some people have probably had the same similar thoughts going, why doesn't the church do this? And then I think to myself, well, if I'm thinking, why doesn't the church do this? Why don't I just do this? Why don't I just step out a little bit of my comfort zone? You know, sometimes I have to. Sometimes, man, I, you know, I have things I like to do every day and I have places I like to go and people I like to see. And sometimes it's uncomfortable. I remember the first, when I walked into the gym for the first time, cause I hadn't been in like 10 years and I was about, you know, 60 pounds overweight. And I was like, I didn't really want to talk to anybody. I just kind of want to get in there and do my business and get out. And I started challenging myself to meet one new person a day. And the, the crowd that was there was consistent. And my goal was just to create friends because other than the church, I don't have a lot of friends outside of here. 
I mean, we have a lot of friends, but we don't have a lot of friends outside of the church. And so my challenge was to create an environment where I could have a friendship where it was like, yeah, you know, you know, I'm, I'm a preacher. And that's not the first thing that I tell you. But so, at some point, you're going to ask me what I do for a living. At some point, you're going to ask me why I don't say curse words. Why I don't laugh or, or why I don't say vulgar jokes or why, why, why I encourage people to live live on the moral side of life. You're going to ask me. But right now, I don't need to push it. I just need to make friends. That's my goal. I just had to step out of what I was comfortable with. Talk to some people who, you know, had a lot bigger muscles than me and looked a lot cooler than I was and, you know, maybe could encourage me a little bit. But I stepped out and I've created an environment where, you know what, I, I might have some opportunities. Maybe. We'll see if that's the way God leads me. If that's what Jesus, if that's what lines up for me, then that's what lines up. If not, I've taken a chance. Pay attention to this. You can influence people that I could never reach. I can reach people that you could never reach. This isn't about, this isn't about, you know, going out and finding the lost. This is to empower you, to show you that you can influence people. You don't have to be a leader to do it. You just have to step out and serve. You just have to step out and find a way. Step off the stage and hope that God puts something beneath your foot. Well, he didn't that time. Okay. My point is, leadership is about serving first. Our challenge involves stepping out of that comfort zone and looking for ways to reach the people who maybe have fallen away, have lost their way, or the people who've never known at all, because we find joy in serving Jesus. Next week, we're gonna talk about a couple of Paul's servants. We're gonna talk about two men who served under Paul and with Paul in the region of Philippi while he was in prison doing the work of God there. We're going to look at some examples of Jesus that deal with the idea of service and how we can live, continue to live, what it, well, what it looks like to live a life of service. But if for today, if you're here with us and you have a need of any kind, why don't you, why don't you come forward as we stand and sing. questions, feel free to send us a text at 559-234-4883, drop us an email, or reach out to us on our Instagram or Facebook page at Tulare.Church. Have a great rest of your week, and God bless.